What a pleasure to be able to sit down with Mike Pearson and have a little chat because he's on the same side of the microphone that I am. But here at Huntington University, Huntington has their Ag Breakfast during Ag Week, and Mike Pearson was the featured speaker this week. Mike, you've talked this morning about a lot of the things that we've been talking about on the air for months at this point. You know, it used to be where we could... Pretty much count on the fundamentals to drive the market. But now I tell people it's not just one thing. It's not two things. It's a whole bucket full of things. That's 100% accurate, Rob. But what we're dealing with today is a commodity market. And of course, that's what we're all in. Whether we're corn, soybeans, cattle, hogs, sorghum, you name it. We're all trading commodities. These are all tradable contracts, which means folks anywhere, whether or not they know what a kernel of corn is, they can trade these markets when a story arises. And when we've got a story like inflation, Rob, as I know you have been talking about for the past year, that makes folks want to hold on to physical assets, which conventional wisdom, hey, that's a commodity. Corn is a physical asset. A cattle is a physical asset. We should see those go up. But Rob, as you've mentioned, now inflation is in question. What's the Fed going to do with interest rates? All of these things are impacting prices at the farm gate, and they're things we maybe didn't have to think about 30 years ago, but today's producer has to be plugged in. And you talked a lot about volatility, and we've talked about that so many times on the program because it's when there's uncertainty that creates volatility. And it's been my point on several occasions that some of the big ones that you mentioned this morning, which were the drought that we had last year that continues to be ongoing through uh, you know Oklahoma and Texas and so forth, what's going on with China? the Ukraine. Those are the big headline makers, but there's a lot of uncertainty as well connected to things that we're not sure what's going to happen with them. I've pointed out a hundred times what is going on with Brazil, the new connection that they've got with China once they settled their phytosanitary differences, and now Brazil can ship corn to China. And China now getting in bed with Russia. There are a lot of unknowns that's going to create a lot of volatility. Yeah, that's so true. And in this morning, when I was talking to these folks here at Huntington University, I didn't even talk about the Russia China bromance that's developing there in Eastern Europe. Folks, that should have us concerned, regardless of, of whatever you think United States involvement in Ukraine needs to be. And that's a political discussion I don't want to get into. The alignment of Russia and China, two dictatorial countries, um, both of whom control a lot of commodity resources, both of whom control a lot of oil. Well, the Russians do. The Chinese have important uh, trace minerals, rare earth minerals. That's not good, Rob. At the end of the day, what we're seeing develop is a consortium of countries that aren't friendly to U.S. goals. They're not friendly to what U.S. farmers are after. And it bears watching. I don't know how it's going to shake out, but I want to keep my my eyes on that. Well, that has been one of the big messages, too. And you uh, underscored that this morning, which was you got to keep your eye on this. I think one of your parting shots was put your head on a swivel as we go into 2023. Very appropriate piece of advice. Also, I have been watching India. Had some interesting conversations with the Grains Council. And the Grains Council was so excited when they finally opened their office in Delhi. India, at this point, is, if they're not today, a larger population than China, they're going to be because China's got a demographic problem. So really good, I think, at this point that we're beginning to uh, foster that relationship with India. Yes, I, I think it's a great thing. I also had several positive conversations with the USGC folks, the Grains Council. You know, they're out there doing good work, introducing these foreign buyers to American grains. And I think as we look out 5, 10, 15 years, ag trade is going to be vital to American farmers' bottom lines. At the end of the day, folks, if you're listening and you're a producer, you're too good. That's the challenge we run into in America. We grow too much food. We got to sell it overseas. So being able to build those relationships, get that going with India, are they the next China? 
I'm inclined to say yes, but it's, I think it's going to be a slower rollout than what we saw with China. And finally, if you will, recap, because I think it's a great story to keep an eye on, and that is soybeans and particularly transforming ourselves to be more like Argentina, where we're creating the byproducts and not just the raw material. It is a move that is genius for American soybean producers. We are building up our crush capacity here in this country, Rob. We've long been a country that exports whole beans, which has been a great business. We've had great buyers in China. They're less great looking forward. They're trying to work with Brazil. So we've got to think outside the box. And I think crushing more whole beans in country and then selling the oil, selling the meal, selling that value-added product, it's going to work well for American bean growers long-term. Yeah, biodiesel is going to be a big part of the story going forward. And as you so aptly put, as you wrapped up this morning, this is not going to be the ag industry of 20 years ago. This is changing quickly. It is indeed. And technology, I think, is going to make that rate of change accelerate even further, folks. These last couple of years have been a blur. Oh, buckle in. I think the next couple could be even blurrier. Mike Pearson, thanks so much for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you, Rob. Have a great year. Podcasts by Federated Media.